And welcome, everyone, to the Circle Debate, Cage My IQ, the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, New Japan Show. This is the host of TV's one, obviously, here with my other host, Mi Familia, the, the Triangle Offense. All right, Clark Street. Love your episode, by the way. Make sure you check out Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. Oh, yeah. Shout out to them. That's right. But the Triangle Offense right here and the defense. We're going to introduce Mi Familia, of course. I have El Dinero, porque he is El Dinero, not Robert De Niro's son, okay? Don't think he is no. he's De Niro's son. No, he's not. Mm-hmm. But, he, you know, he is, you know, part Italian, so we better watch out because he will. Hey, what's the matter with you, man? It's, it's like, of course, ladies and gentlemen, rest of the DeLorean and Circle Division. Mike DeLorean. What's good, everybody? Right. Speaking of Robert De Niro, rest in peace, Paulie from Goodfellas. Yes, man. <laughs> R.I.P., man. That's Paulie, man. I don't know how they're able to shave those garlic with those damn fucking razor sharp. Man, I always try doing that, man. They, they come out too thick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I have this other gentleman who has the IQ that even Vince McMahon can't even have anymore because he is no longer around. And shit, he wishes they could have the IQ of his. this He, he, he could have used me to keep his job. <laughs> that is right. That is facts. Oh, yes, we live, Kofi. We said right. Subscribe to Dirty Heels Podcast. Mm-hmm. Got your you know podcast. <laughs> right here with my brother, Dan. Cage my IQ. Uh, why are you, me, and Mano? So let's get this get this to it, ladies and gentlemen. We are here. We're week two as we are recapping night three through six of the New Japan G1 Climax 32. Man, all I can say overall at this moment has been very fantastic, shocking wins, shocking defeats. And we're we'll, we going to go ahead and break it down to you guys. We're going to go ahead and break down 16 matches for you guys this evening for this week two of this New Japan. So, yes. That, yes not that, one, not two, not three, not four, 16. 16, 16 time. 16 time. Woo! Woo! But yeah. <laughs> But yes, he does make history. That is right. Don't forget to, to subscribe to the Universal Wrestling Podcast as well. Shout out to Nick Dittering. That's right, yes, me, sir. hermano. Much love to you, my brother. But let's get into it. Into night three, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get into night three recap. So we're not going to get into the pre-matches because it's, it's a lot, ladies and gentlemen. We'll, Man, we'll be, be here all night. night. We'll be on our night, yeah. We'll be here all night for four hours. And if... Yeah, it'll be one season four hours. We'll be on while New Japan Night Seven's on right now. <laughs> <laughs> so Arnold, let them know it is time for Night Three, Arnold. It's showtime. That's right, it is showtime for Night Three. So let me go ahead and, and pull up the first match of the tournament for Night Three. Let me see, and that is, of course, we have David Finley. Versus Yujiro Takahashi, and this is, of course, on the block D, ladies and gentlemen, of this tournament matchup. Uh, I, I can literally just say briefly, my you know, for me, right away, I am astonished the fact that Yujiro's underrated, he's never shown. He was never given the opportunity, the capability to show what he could do in the actual ring, not just a, uh, not just only just a move here and there, like we've seen every time. Because you know, based on his gimmick, so he's more gimmicky. However, yeah. though, in this tournament, 
he showed that he could go to the distance. And he did it very well with Finley. Close upsets that he almost had with Finley. That I was like, no fucking way. But, I mean, all I can tell you, that Yujiro, he did surprise people on this one. I'll tell you that. And, I mean, for Finley as well, he almost had it too. But we already know who came up with the upset of that and shocked the world. So I'll take it to you, Dan. Bring it down to us. It definitely was shocking, but he definitely had a little bit of help from a show and uh, the murder machine who came in there and got that late hit with the ref not looking. And then, of course, you said it yourself. Eugerio is very underrated. He, They made the comment. He is very good in the ring. It's just that he's very slow and kind of lackadaisic with it. He takes his time, whereas other guys are rushing their attacks. He takes his time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. But but the one thing I did like was the reintroducing of Peter on his corner. We'll get into that later on in another <laughs> segment as well, <laughs> which was funny. But she came back, so that was a good addition as well. So he had her and show, but it was definitely a good first win, just like he did last year. He got on to an early quick start last year. It's just always with him how he if he consistently does it or not. He's inconsistent, but he gets mm-hmm. those shocking wins when you don't expect it. But he definitely did good in this matchup, uh, going toe-to-toe, pace for pace with Finley. Absolutely, he did. Nero, your thoughts? This matchup was a really fundamentally sound matchup. And I got to say, like, I, I didn't expect Udro to win. But just like you guys said, I had right in my notes right here, the first thing I wrote is Udro is so underrated. He doesn't get a lot of, you know, respect because of some of the bigger names that's always been in the Bullet Club. But Udro has been in the Bullet Club for a long time. And I'm talking about, like, forget the Bullet Club. I remember Udro with no limits. Him and Naito was a great tag team. Oh, yes. Like, he's been around for a while and he could go. So it's great to see him get the win here against uh, Finley. But I got to say, man, like Finley, and we're going to talk more about him throughout the night here, but Finley is really impressing me. And I got to say, Finley could be a top star. But I think because of that, it made this win for Udro that much better. So I think that that was a great win for Udro. Absolutely agree. It was a great, you know, I was I was just shocked. I just couldn't believe that he actually won, of course. At first, a little disappointed, but of course, it is a house of torture because that's how, how they win their matches, you know. Yeah. As much as people like it or not, but but overall, great great job for Yujiro. Great first win for him on the tournament. So very happy. Now we get into the second match of that card. Of course, we do have Tama Tonga versus Chase Owens. That is right, and this is the B block tournament matchup, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm going to go very brief. I enjoyed this really, really good. Um, I'll tell you the one thing that really caught me off guard, and I did laugh my ass off, and that was when Chase over the super kick Jado out of nowhere. <laughs> I did not expect that. That was a all. hard super kick. And it was. Yeah, it was like this, too. It was uh-huh. boom. <laughs> oh, it's Aussie from Jado. Like, oh, shit. Like, he literally took that super kick. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. And it's it's, for me, it's – so funny to see when Tama was a heel, he had Gato by his side. And then, and then oh, did he have Gato? No, who did he have? No, he had someone. I, fuck. He had someone there, too. It wasn't just 
when it was the Gorillas of Destiny, I know there was someone there before them. Haku. Was was oh yeah, you're right, Haku. Yeah, Haku, Haku, yeah. Haku. His, his father, especially yeah. especially when they're doing it in the states. Yes, yeah. and sometimes they had uh, Hikaleo there with them too. There you go. Yeah, they had Hiki up. So now to see Jado with him, so it's like this great overall. And man, the attempts that he tried to go ahead and hit the gun stun, but it wasn't even there. And then right at the end, he finally caught it. I thought I really thought for a moment that Chase Owens was gonna take this take this W. Oh, oh mm-hmm. shit. I think this is gonna be especially after he tried the gun stun off the top rope. He had but he kept on holding it. That that was great. For him to keep that hold after jumped off the top rope and then having Chase Owens hold him to keep him from doing that. I thought that was one of the highlights of the match, just because that was like the third or fourth time he tried to do it. Yeah, and I think the emphasis with the match with me was the uh, Tama fighting with emotion, rather with fighting with this uh, with his head, because he was fighting with emotion and it allowed Chase Owens to get back into the match several times. Oh yes, indeed. So mm-hmm. I mean. It- it was a great upset for Tomatonga getting that win, getting those two points, defeating Chase Owens. So take it to you, De Niro. Thoughts about this match? Yeah, I, I just really love how Tomatonga was bringing a lot of intensity, especially he's going, he's in the ring with somebody from Bullet Club. And I feel like right now he has a chip on his shoulder and he's going to go through everybody in the Bullet Club until he could get his matchup with Jay White. So I think that it was nice to see that intensity that Tomatonga brought to this matchup. But it was a really close matchup, and there were times where I was like, shit, you know, Chase Owens might come away with this win. And then I feel like that would have kind of, like, halted the momentum that Tomatonga has at this point. Because, like uh, Dan was saying last week, he is a contender to win this whole tournament. So I, I think that it was right that Tomatonga won this matchup, but I'm glad that it was a little bit more closer than what I thought it would have been. But really good matchup. Indeed. And, and good innovative. I just want to uh, – I also marked down that it was – a lot of innovative offense from both guys. Yeah, so it was. I, I thought that that was really cool to see, too. It was. It was indeed. It was. Big Dan, take it away. Yeah, just, just to piggyback off what I already said about him fighting with the emotion. I thought he came in there. He wanted to get to Chase Owens because the ultimate goal for him is to get the Jay White. Mm-hmm. So he's going to go through whoever he has to. <coughs> If you're watching the, the pre, I, I, I would say the prelim uh, matchups, they've had some interesting matchups where they couldn't get to Jay White and then did not just not to do this too much, but to jump forward, he finally gets to him in like a three on three match, I believe, where it was really weird. Uh, the partners like uh, seeing Tama and Jado partner up with uh, Hiroki Goto. Uh, against uh, Jay White and them. Like, I thought that was an interesting combination, especially when the next uh, guy that he's going to be fighting is Ishii, uh, which was something something to think about. But I just like the the, the ferociousness of uh, uh, Tamatanga in the match. Like, he comes out there, guns blazing. He wants to get things done. He wants to, uh, he wants to win... And he wants to win at the expense of Jay White because he wants to get what Jay White doesn't have, and he wants to just shove it in his face. And he showed this new side of him, good side. Like you see him going to each uh, person that he kind of wronged in the past, and he was like shaking his hand. He was like, he was like, 
He was like, I was wrong. Uh, I'm on the good side now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And other other than that, with this matchup, it was just a lot of fighting with emotion and have them fight through that and to start u- using his head. And that's when he was able to. I know he was about to get uh, finished uh, with the crown jewel, uh, and he wound up getting out of it, and then he finally got the gun stung. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, indeed. Right, and we get into the match we all been waiting for: the return of Lance Archer in the G One versus Bad Luck Fale, and this one, of course, is the Block A tournament matchup. And this is this one shocked me. I'm just gonna get it out of the way, very brief of my, you know, thoughts of this match. The beginning was really, really fast paced, like just these two heavy, massive heavyweights going at it with each other. And it was great to see Lance Archer, you know, getting that little, little small pop from the crowd. I mean, it was awesome. I'm just so happy Archer's back home in Japan, and he loves it there. And you know, the the, the people loves him. And but what shocked me was just he counted out. They like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, 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 that's gonna be the theme of the night now. <laughs> with with the, this tournament is getting counted out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, you know, like I. I swear, like, I, I was, when I saw it, I'm like, oh. That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> it was bullshit. I was like, no, why? It's first lost already. Jesus. Did not expect that. But, man, I was just really, really like how these these two athletes, how they move. Especially Balak Fale, another underrated person that doesn't really give much credit to because of his gimmick, because of his size. I get it. You got to be like a big man. But Balak Fale can move. Mm-hmm. He can move for a big guy, and you know that's another underrated individual, and that's why, you know, why he is like the main, you know, trainer for the dojo in New Zealand for yeah. that specific reason because he knows overall, you know, the business and how he moves, not really just regardless of the height and weight and size. But Fale did impress me, uh, but he impressed me more on the, uh, the following night, which it shocked me there. But we'll get to it. But I enjoyed it. I mean, but overall, I just shocked me to see. Lance Archer losing, getting a, a first loss in the first round against Battlelog Fale. So I take it back to you, Dan. Your thoughts. I liked. I liked how he tried to do uh, the, the, uh, the the slam, and he couldn't because Battlelog Fale was so big. He had him on his shoulders. He had him ready to go to flip him over. He just couldn't get uh, get enough of him to get him over because, of course, he had to sell the fact that Battlelog Fale is a big guy. And the, yeah. they made it seem like the match was longer than what it was because it actually wasn't that long of a match, and because it, it was just there to fill in until the main event. But uh, they were able to just be go at each other for a little bit, and then they get to the outside, and of course that's where Fale gets the the win is he gets in just in the nick of time, and Lance Archer wasn't able to get in, and we'll see that more and more as the G1 Climax uh, goes on. But it's like, it, it, it was kind of realistic to me because I'm like, how are they going to make this finish? These guys are two big guys, two, two of the biggest in the tournament. How are you going to come up with a finish? Because I, I couldn't see either way. But that was the, the smart way to do it. Kind of like with the uh, with the Toriyanu match 
against Jonah, you were like, how would Toriano win this? And it was the DQ by pushing him in, not giving him enough time to make it. And I, yeah. I, I dug the finish because it's like, it kind of protects Archer still because then it's like, he's a big guy. He didn't get pinned. It's just that uh, Bad Luck Folly was able to get in before him in the nick of time to get the two points by DQ. So it made it kind of realistic to me. Indeed. What's going on, Championship on the Line? I'll see you tomorrow, Alex and Rich. That's right. Part of the COD family as well and the League family as well. That's our MMA podcast right there. All right. De Niro, give us your thoughts. I thought this was a really good big man match. I love the way it started out with a lot of intensity. And I I, I really love because I, I watched last week's um, shows on in, in Japanese. This week I decided to watch them in uh, English. And I loved how Kevin Kelly was talking about how Lance Archer hasn't been consistently booked in New well in AEW. So yeah. like he felt more at home coming to New Japan. I thought that was a nice little touch because it's the truth. And we're all thinking it, right? So it was good that Kevin Kelly actually mentioned it. But these guys are so agile. And I thought that the match was really starting to pick up when Archer hit that cannibal off the apron. Oh, but yes. then like shortly after there, we had the count out. So I thought that, you know, this matchup could have you know, maybe went a little longer just because I feel like it was really starting to pick up towards the end there. And then it just felt like out of nowhere, Archer's counted out. But yeah. nonetheless, I'm, you know, happy that Balak Fale got the win. He's another guy like he reminds me a lot of Udro because he's been around for a long time and he's really underrated. You know, a lot of people don't talk about Balak Fale. He's not just a big guy who can't work because he could definitely work. Didn't he try to go on the top rope to do the walk down and and then uh, Bad Luck Folly hit the ropes and yes. made him fall yes. down. I, I like that. I like that, man, because usually he hits it, and he's very athletic with the ropes for a guy that size. Yeah. And, I, and I was thinking that's, that that would be a good move, move for Folly to counter by making him fall off the ropes. Yeah, but, most definitely. It, it was logical. Yeah. Where sometimes you see in, like, AEW when he does that rope walk, like, the wrestler's not even hurt, and they're walking with him. I always felt like, you know – this was logical. You would just push him off the ropes or you <laughs> push the ropes. So I like that Folly actually did that because it would make sense in a real fight to do that. You know what I mean? And now for the main event for night three, as we have Hiroki Goto versus Tetsuya. Wait, is that right? Am I getting it correct? I think that's yes, actually, yes. Yeah, yeah you're good. Tetsuya Naito, yes. It's, it's yes, correct. I'm so confused. <laughs> yes, yes. You don't go to Mr. Tetsuya Naito. And that is, of course, on block C. And, ah, man. I want to guess. What a banger. <laughs> play it for me, David. Play it. Where is it? Where is it? Oh, no. Yes, I was, Devin. So what? Don't hate on me. <laughs> <laughs> real men cry. Ah, uh, real men cry. Man, fantastic though from Hiroki Goto. Now we're seeing the old Goto back. I'll give him that because, of course, that's the Goto that we missed from woo. I mean, but he couple years came, yeah. couple years came up with this rapid fire and. You know, Naito unfortunately lost and, it, you know, did not come with the win. And I know that this is Naito's opportunity, but unfortunately, he did not come through. But this match was great overall. I really enjoyed, you know, the offense of 
go to. Like his offense is, you know, that the spinning heel kick he does. Um, everything that just goes overall is another one that I'm hoping we see a lot more of him being mentioned and yeah. we see him more on that title contention once again because that's another veteran that deserves to have at least one more run, maybe so. So, I mean, he hasn't really had a potential full run. I mean, that's yeah. just my opinion. Uh, but, yeah. you know, just but overall, awesome, you know, incredible job for Goto. I did enjoy it. Naito, you know, he was. He was tranquilo. He was tranquilo. Was, okay, it's only one loss. I could do. I could make up for the next one. But you know, uh, man, De Niro, I'll take it away, my brother. This was a really good matchup. Amazing matchup, and I feel like that's the constant with the G1 climaxes. You have great matches, and they build and build and build. And when you get to that main event, you have an absolute banger. And this was a banger. Because these guys have so much good chemistry with each other. They've been in the ring with each other many times before. But you could really see it with some of like the reversals. Like towards the end when uh, you had Naito go for Destino. And then you had um, Hiroki Goto reverse that with, uh, what was it called? The Shotenkan? Is that what he calls Shotenkan. it? Yeah. I believe like yeah, that reversal looks so fluent. Like, I don't know. It's just, you could tell when you got the greats doing this. Because they make it look easy. And... If you look at the movements in there, it's so unnatural to have that type of movement reversed into that type of move, and they made it look so good. And that just shows the type of chemistry that these two guys have. And Goto's a guy I've been really like campaigning for for a long time to get more of a push in New Japan because he's been so consistent. For as many years as I've been watching New Japan, I feel like Goto's always been one of the constants who's going to consistently put on a great matchup if he's on that card. So I think that it's really cool to see him win. And I also love the story that, you know, Naito, this may be his last shot, and he's letting it slip between his fingers. Like, he, he lost this matchup. We're going to talk about his matchup with Tanahashi later, but I love how, you know, we have that built-in story to this whole tournament as yeah. well. Really good matchup, though. I love this matchup. It's like he's taking things lightly in his matches. Uh, he's going in Who there. Who <laughs> uh, yeah, Exactly, and he's just thinking that he's going to win it, and he starts out very well. But then he lets his opponent get back into it, get back into it. And then his opponent makes sure that every time that Naito gets a run going, they stop it. They stop the the pressure. They stop everything that he's doing. And towards the end, I thought he, he was going to get it with the Destino. I believe he hit one. But then he Earlier came, match, but, yeah. but then Goto kicked out of it. He kicked out of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And he then took a, he took a while back. To, he took a while yeah. to crawl and, and try to get the pin. Yeah. And then Goto got going late. And then he uh, then he countered the Destino into his finisher and got the win. Yeah. And it was it was a good start to the tournament for Goto because we want to see something like this from him because we expect Naito to be in it towards the end. But we don't know what to expect from Goto. He's been a guy that we want to see have a good run into this because he's always there. He's always a guy that always puts on a show. He's a fan favorite, but he never has a singles run like he did before. They've turned him into like a tag team guy or the trios titles yeah. guy now. Like he's hot, hot potato between the two. So it was a good start for that, and I loved the match. It was a worthy of the, the main event that night because they yes, went it along. Word. That Shout was out Park Street. That's right. Shout out yeah. to Park Street Wrestling Podcast. Check out the newest episode Check out earlier today. They give the predictions for SummerSlam and their thoughts on Vincent oh, Kennedy yeah. McMahon retiring. 
That is mm -hmm. right. And we appreciate you, Debbie. Yes, yes. right here. We are the Don Calluses of the G1s of the New Japan. Teaching we, we are you. We we are your gaijins. We're all your gaijins for <laughs> all the. Stooge. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, all right. So that let's get into now night four. Yes, sir. Night four of the G1, and let me pull up the card for night four. And we'll see here. And the first match. It's, of course, Zach Sombre Jr. versus Aaron Hanare. Right away, I want to get this out of the way for me. I enjoyed this match. I was a great opening match, honestly, because we are now, for the first time, for me, as a viewer of, uh, as a fan of Hanare, yeah. to see what he is capable to do with a, with a technician like Zach Sombre. This is like your fucking Street Fighter match, I swear. This is how it feels to me because it's like I could picture like I could picture Aaron as Sagat, and of course you have <laughs> you have Zach Zumber you, 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 <laughs> you, you just you just read my mind there. Like literally, I was about to say Sagat versus Dalsim. Yes, that was what I was about to say. Great Yes. That's what it was. But this was a great, fantastic opening match. Just seeing, you know, Hanari taking just every shot that that Sabri's been, you know, throwing at him, the technician moves, and then until towards the end, where of course just that ankle, that just that ankle lock that you know that Sabri does. Oh my god! It, what I see him do it every time is so cringing because like, oh, that looks so legit that he looks like he's really bending the shit out of the just that. Yeah, it's like lock. a heel hook with the ankle heel. lock. Oh, yeah. that heel hook! Oh my god! And he had to tap out. And you could tell by the end of the match, Hanari looked for me, it looked legitimately he got yeah. he was really hurt. And look, I'm like, damn, looks it's like hard to fake that move. It's, yeah. it is. it's hard, that's not a move that you could easily fake. Because yeah. once you get a hold of that tendon, and, and yeah. that's, that's why he's the submission master, you know, mm -hmm. because of had the way that he is so technical, he can lock in a submission at any moment. And he yeah. was getting to me, he was getting dominated in that match by Hanari. Hernari mm -hmm. was just using that offensive arm slam and him. just those clotheslines, the slams, the punches. He was just on top of him the whole time, not allowing him to breathe. And the only thing that Zach Sieber Jr. could do to counter it was get up close and lock in one of those arm bars or a knee bar. Just enough time to wrap him along the ropes. That's all he could do in this matchup. And he was able to kind of like the Kenta matchup where Kenta was kind of dictating the pace. And then at the end, he sneaks in that, uh, that's what you call it, submission. It was the same thing here. It was yeah. the same thing, same uh, outcome, which was Zack Sabre Jr. making him tap out and, and getting it the, the, the win, but at what cost? Because he's taken so much damage in the first two matchups. Uh, we would so we have to see how it's gonna cater on as it moves forward if that damage carries on with him because he's just even though he's two and oh, he's just skated by by getting pummeled a lot. Absolutely, yeah. I just want to say very brief, I you know, to all of our viewers and audiences, I highly recommend for you guys to watch this match. This is a real live version of Street Fighter Sagat and Dawson right here. Aaron Hernare, Zach Summer Jr., look it up, find it, or, or subscribe to NewJapanWorld.com. Yeah. 
It just mm-hmm. it's only eight dollars for God's sake, and that's it. But you're able to watch this rematch, and it's a great opening for the for you know for this night. So take it away, the narrow. I, I fucking really love this matchup. I feel like both guys just mesh so well with each other, and I'm really starting to fall in love with Hanare's offense because he has everything from like MMA style kicks and strikes, and then great submissions with that uh with that full Nelson. This matchup, I don't know if you guys got this from me, but this matchup kind of reminded me of one of those old school like UWF, like Tank Crease yeah. matches. You know what I mean? Like where you know it's going to be like a fixed finish, but this shit might be real. You know what I mean? And I, I feel like I got that old school vibe from this, and it was just a great matchup. Um, yeah, I, I think that it was a real throwback. This was a real throwback. And it was. I agree. I I. I I like that how he added the, the four Nelson uh, submission to his repertoire, out. Yeah. and they've been they've been showcasing it a lot on the prelims. Yeah, uh, this G one just like they were doing in the lead up to this, they showcased it a lot. They wanted to make sure everybody knew what it was, mm-hmm. and they wanted to make sure that any finish that was happening was with that, but then not overshadowing the fact that he has a a finisher named the Streets of Rage, yeah. which. He's which he used in the last uh, fight as well to gain the victory against Tanahashi. So they're kind of trying to build him up, and, may, and maybe maybe he's a guy that they really like right now. And he maybe he doesn't win it this year, but maybe he could be a surprise winner next year, or the year after. Most definitely. I mean, if they don't really like him, I do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do Same. too. I mean, shit, you know? yeah. I'm just glad that um, I'm not gonna really say that. United Empire really elevated him, but the fact that he changed his style in the ring is so different because yeah. of his character, because of his yeah. gimmick. I enjoy it. It's like I think it. I think joining them enhanced him and it gave yeah. him a, a kind of a purpose because he it wasn't really with anybody. Like he was with, he was tagging with uh, Tanahashi, but he wasn't with him. He wasn't it's doing much, a, though. yeah. He just came back from an excursion and he really had no place. Now he has a place. He has a fit-in. He's kind of like, like they said, the assassin. That's what yeah. he is for them, where he systematically breaks his opponents. When you're surrounded by the company of guys like Jeff Cobb yeah. and TJP and most definitely Will Ospreay, like you have to step up your game. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not going to want to be left behind when you're in a team of killers like that. So I definitely think that he stepped it up. And right now, he could be one of the breakout yeah. stars for New Japan. I think so, too. I think he could be one of the breakout stars for even for the IWGP U.S. title. I think I, 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 I was just saying, I would like like a first one would be, I would like to see him defeat Carl Anderson for the Never Open Weight. Oh, that's, that's another one. Oh, yeah. that's yeah, good call on that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, love it, love it. All right, and speaking of assassins, this match right here, ladies and gentlemen, this Woo! was bang- this, this was a banger. That's what I'm this, gonna say. They, they could have and- ended the night with this match, but I would have been happy. I, this could have been a main event, to be honest. I mean, I yeah. would not. This Jesus man, you want to talk about old school? How you talk about UWF? This one right here was old school. Like I, I, I don't, I don't want to jump in, but what there was this line that Kevin Kelly said that stuck with me at the beginning of this match, and it was a great point. How he, he said that these two guys have similar moves, and he wanted to see how it would be for them to take their own move. 
Yeah. Because yes. of Cara, because of a Karma made in Japan. Same yep. thing. And he said that in the very beginning. And I was like, okay. I was like, now we're going to see Yoshihashi do it because we know Shingo does it all the time, but I really haven't seen it much from Yoshihashi. So I'm like, Kevin so Kelly's like, great at that. He's great yeah. at adding those little story elements to the matchup. That's why he's so perfect for New Japan Pro Wrestling because yeah. if I'm an American and I'm not too familiar with the Japanese culture, you know, I might get disconnected, but Kevin yeah. Kelly's like the perfect guy to he translated that hey, he translated greatly. And then the, the, the whole commentator crew is great working with each other. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's right. Because I do love it, man. But I'm going to, you know, I'll just get, you know, my, my thoughts very brief out of the way. Really enjoyed this. Man, this could have been a Wrestle Kingdom matchup. Because these two, and uh, Yoshi too, man, I'm so glad that, you know, he's a singles competitor now. You know, his, you know, him being more of a singles competitor, more out there now. We see him as of late. And, but this match, Jesus, man, they, they went back and forth, hard hitting clotheslines, hard hitting punches. And I mean, and then to top it off, to see Shingle winning by submission, you know, it's surprising, you know, it's just, uh, it's very. Was it? Was it? Yes. It was. It was a ground. It was a school. It was a schoolboy. School school yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's, that's, that's what caught me off guard with this match. I'm like, damn, these guys are going at, it. and then they finish it with the schoolboy. It's like you're like, whoa. Like, yeah, yeah. I didn't expect that because I yeah. you expect mm. Shingo to win uh, by finish, but that shows how badass of a match this was. He just edged just, it out, yeah. They just kept on going back and forth with those clotheslines. That was the thing. Uh, I love the fact that Yoshihashi hit Karma on him and gets a close finish. Oh, and then, close. and then you have Shingo do Made in Japan get a close finish. They just kept on going back and forth, back and forth. And when I think of Yoshi, he, I think of for some reason, I think of Dolph Ziggler, where he he can wrestle anybody. And makes his opponent look like a million bucks, mm. but then he never really has that really big singles or like, yeah, it's a like, comparison. yeah, like yeah, Dolph has won the world championship, but we never think of him in that way. We think of him in like a tag team way or like a mid card, uh, yeah, yeah, like a very good hand, and he and that's why he has a long career because you can expect him to carry a match, and that's what he does. They said it last year, the year before, and now this year. Look at his matches in the G1. He's had some of the longest matches, but but also some of the best because he can work with anybody. And this this one this match just proves it. Where you see Shingo has to win by a schoolboy. When do you see Shingo winning with a schoolboy? Never. You never no. see him do it, and he had to do it here because of how uh, how gruesome of a match it was with like like I said the clotheslines and the offensive moves. Those headbutts. That, yeah. The, oh my god, know. those headbutts. Jesus. Mm. Those back and forth headbutts. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Oh ever since ever since Shibata, I get so nervous with those headbutts because you could tell like those there was yeah. no hand in between. They're smacking heads and it's 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 nasty. legit. Those yeah. are legit. But yeah. But go ahead uh De Niro take this one away. This matchup was just a fucking banger man like this was just so beautifully wrestled. Like, that's all I could think about how beautifully wrestled it was. You know what I mean? 
Like this was a, a masterpiece. And I love the fact that they had the story of they both had the same finisher. And even after hitting that finisher on each other, they both kicked out. And Shingo, a former world champion, had to win with a schoolboy. That's showing the ultimate respect to Yoshihashi because he just edged it out. It wasn't a, it wasn't one of those like very convincing finishes. Like he just edged it out, showing that he just escaped the matchup. Like I, the way I see this is neither man won this matchup. They just survived each other. It was just a war. So I really love this matchup. Yeah. Oh yeah. Any final thoughts, Dan, on this one? Uh, not very. Like we've all said it. How great of a matchup this was. Up until that point, this was my favorite matchup. Just yeah. because of how greatly paced it was. It was a long match. You could tell each guy was winded because he, they'd done so much. And then the, the finish like that, I, I bet you everybody was like this. Because oh, yeah! Caught, yeah, because they were caught so off guard by how it ended that it, like... He, he and then just... I wish that crowd could cheer for that one, man, yeah. because they, they would have went crazy. Yeah, even even just the Japanese commentators talk, oh, like, this is like, it's, it, it, it excites me because it gets me off like my chair. I'm like, Jesus, oh my God, it's so close of a count. That's what I was and, saying last week. Watching in Japan brings a whole nother level of it, excitement. It does, because yeah. this is a way how, man, kudos to, man, kudos to those commentators, man. They know how to do a fantastic job to get us excited, man. They really, really do. Yeah. All right, and then we get into the next following match. Um, that is Kajuska Okada versus Toriano. Chaos members going at each other on mm -hmm. the block A tournament matchup. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and save myself. <laughs> Yano took out the evil Yano because right away we see Yano jumping from behind Okada, choking him out with the shirt already. And I'm like, oh shit, he's giving him a match. He's really giving Okada a match. I was shocked. I, I honestly I wasn't at Flanders. For <laughs> I did because the fact to see Yano, you know, we're we're so used to seeing Yano gimmick so much. We're not really people hasn't seen the past of you know Yano back in great, great bash heel. Yano. Great bash yeah. heel, Yano, blonde hair. Oh, go back to those times. And you will Google Toriano, I mean, YouTube him. Go back to the time, ladies and gentlemen, to his heel side. He Word. was a sadistic, crazy motherfucker, I'd say. Watch, right watch some of those tag matches between uh, him and uh, Makabe. They were a nasty tag team. Yes, they, they were, were hardcore as fuck. Yeah. They would, you know, put you through those thick-ass Japanese tables. Like, they, they were a hell of a team. So, definitely, this was great bash heel, mm -hmm. Yano. Yes, and I, I, didn't even, I didn't even notice until the end of the match that he was wearing an evil Ayano shirt. Yes, he was. <laughs> he I was did, wearing that it. was a great touch. I, yeah. I, 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 didn't, I didn't even realize it until the end. And I'm like, man, I was like, if he didn't put that into plain sight any more than he could have, and that made it more too. But it worked because you knew that Okada was going to expect all the tricks in the book from him because of him mm. being in chaos. But, but then he didn't expect him to be e like evil. Yano, and it created like a difference. Like this match wasn't that long; it was long enough ten to minutes. Uh, ten, ten minutes, minutes. Long, long enough to do a couple of those things. Like I said, the fast start, the the evil tricks, the more offensive uh, moves from Yano. But then uh, Akata had to take over. He had to do what he did, and he beat him with the submission. And then I liked afterwards where it was getting ready to do something, and then Yano was like. 
sorry, 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 sorry. He was like, he was like, we're like, good. We're good. Yeah, he was like, he was like, I'm good now. I'm good now. And then they shook hands and then he went off. And it kind of gives him the nod. And because he knew he was just doing it for the match. And then Kevin Kelly goes, Oh, he snapped out of it. He snapped out of it. He, yes. He's not <laughs> evil, evil Yano anymore. But yada, yada, yada. But it was entertaining. It was one of those, just like I said, they put it in that third uh, slot to be like the transition to the main event. And it was a perfect time slot for it. It was. Definitely yeah. it was. They don't wait the neuro. Yeah, I mean, just to like, you know, you guys really said it all. One thing I liked, though, was they were building off the story of how Yano won his last matchup with, uh, with Jonah because when he hit that Russian leg sweep or – what was it? He dropped toehold into the chair on the outside yeah. on Okada. He first of all, that was that was Ravens move back in the day. Hit that Raven style. But anyway, when he hit that on Okada and he went into the ring and Okada almost got counted out, like Yano was trying to get away with another count out victory. But you had Okada come in right at nineteen, so it was like that, just barely making it in. But definitely, I, I love the fact that Tariano can pull out like a more serious side. He, he, it shows that he's not just a one-dimensional comedy wrestler. Like, yeah, and I love the fact that he used that against Okada because Okada went in there expecting the tomfoolery of Tariano, but he didn't expect him to come at him, like, full force. So I think that that was a great game plan for Tariano, and I want to see more of him switching back and forth. I think that would be interesting. Yeah. That would be interesting, right? I mean, you know what? Kevin Kelly mentioned that about, oh, once the bell rang, he's, he's evil as hell. Uh I would not be surprised, and I'm not trying to do like kind of a, not trying to say gimmick infringement type of style. Like Luke, no, no disrespect to Gallows, if it wasn't his fault, it was given to him. Yeah. That character. I know where this is going. Yeah, you know where I'm talking about. The best is. Yeah! To see Yannos just snapping like that. I would enjoy that. So I would definitely enjoy that because you see that. Nice Yano passing out DVDs by my DVDs. He, if he has the DVDs and all of a sudden the bell rings, he just tosses the DVDs and just nails you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fire. Oh, that would be fire. Oh, yeah. that would be, be sick if he does do that. I, wow. I would love that from him if he does. Oh, my God. Thanks. And the main event for this incredible night, number, well, we're number four. Night four, yeah. And that is, of course, Tomohiro Ishii versus the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Jay White in the B-Block Tournament. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Jay White with the upset, with the victory, of course. Typical Jay White and Gato. Not surprised. But I will say that, of course, the beginning first five minutes of this match was a little bit slow, of course, how to start off. You see, you know, Jay White comforting Gato. And you can sit down in your chairs, give you a little massage, and go inside, and then distract the referee. And then Gato, I don't know where throwing the fucking chair. And that's how, like, it just switched everything off. Uh, but then, you know, throughout the, you know, towards the, towards the middle, close to the end, we see, you know, you know, office back moves from Ishii. One thing that I don't know if you guys caught it, but I think Jay White did gasp with some air when he did that superplex. To Ishii because the way how he landed, he you saw automatically was holding his back first before yeah. even Ishii, and it looked like he was probably lost, you know, lost some air because that yeah, was wind out of him, not yeah. the wind out of him, yeah, because he took the most the hit, you know, more than Ishii. But other than that, I mean, 
it was it was great. It was great to see Ishii with some offensive moves. But we all knew that JY was going to take this win. I mean, it's it's the IWGP champ. I mean, that's just but great win, great win for JY. Bad win for Ishii. Take it away, Dan. I loved the, the cameras towards the end of, end of the match where. Yeah. He had uh, Jay White try to do the Blade Runner five times, and each time it would get countered. Then he had Ishii try to put him up, and I loved how at the end he put him up, he dropped down, and then it kind of led into a series of moves by Jay White that ended with the Blade Runner. Finally, he like Ishii didn't have enough left in the tank to counter it because one of the things that we see with Jay White is the fact that he kind of systematically dissects his opponents with help from uh, Gato. I got that was a great touch to have Gato stay behind the rail in the beginning. He was like, stay there. I got this. I got this. And you see, got, uh, you see Gato go, okay, okay. And he sees him go like that. Ishii looks at him. He goes, I'm back here. He throws the chair, but he stays back there. You hear Kevin yeah. Kelly go, Kevin Kelly go. He threw the chair, but he's still behind the rail and, He's still behind. He's not going anywhere. And it's just the storytelling from Kevin Kelly is just next level because he tells yes. you Impeccable, yeah. as you're seeing it, and it works perfectly to like a paint a picture. He does it very well with them. And I just, I just like the expressions from Jay. And then you see, even though you don't see too much from Ishii, you can tell when he's getting fatigued, when he's like hulking up, I like to say. I like to say Ishii hulks up and starts to get <laughs> going. But it was it was a it was a great main event. Bob probably like a so-so one because I wish we could have seen more in the matchup. But it was a classic Jay White matchup where he gets yeah. the win at the end. Absolutely, De Niro. Yeah, I mean, I I second everything that Dan said. I I think that for one, you know, I, I understand why this is in the main event because. Jay White is the champion, so this is the main event spot. But honestly, I think we all could agree that Shingo versus Yoshihashi was the main event of this show. Yes. Like, I would have loved to see that matchup go last. But nonetheless, this was a really good matchup. One of the spots that I really loved was when uh, Ishii hit that massive headbutt and then it knocked Jay White inside out, which oh, was yes. nasty. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I love the whole reversal at the end of, you know, you have Ishii bring him up for the Brain Buster, and you have Jay White reverse that into Blade Runner. Definitely a good matchup, and I think that, you know, Jay White is having a hell of a tournament so far. Yes, he is. Definitely he is. Now it's time to get into night five. Of We're halfway G1. there. We're halfway there. Yeah, That's yeah. right. And, of course, the opening matchup for night five, of course, is – Two former members, two former buddies, and that is, of course, El Fantasmo versus Yujiro Takahashi in the Block D tournament match. Of course, this was the one was a great, entertaining match at the beginning, I want to have to say, because I want to show people why. Because we see here, of course, Yujiro, <laughs> hey, I'll, yes. I'll, hey, I'll give you, I'll give you to her. If you let me pin you one, two, three, so I can get my two points, she's all yours. You can take her. Offering Petrie. And, you know, and we see, you know, a Phantasma. Okay, yeah, sure, yeah, I'll take her. Then he gets down for the pin. Doesn't happen. And, of course, we did. it was a great matchup, I want to say, very brief overall. We I did enjoy it. And all I can say is that, of course, after the matchup with Phantasma, 
of course, said, okay, you still belong to me, though. So you, <laughs> you're still coming with me regardless. Yep. Of course, take your Petrie, and of course, they walk off, ladies and gentlemen. They leave together, and oh, man. All, all I can say, I was just... Oh, damn. It's killed, though. Was. Did, <laughs> did, did you see the uh, the interview afterwards? Yes, I did. I, uh, I just, <laughs> and he's like, I'm ELP, and she, and she goes, What does ELP what, mean? And then he whispers in her ear, and then he's like, Oh, let's go. And it's like, <laughs> it, that was hilarious. Just to but remind I, everybody once again that we are TVMA. Right? The following program is rated TVMAL, it contains strong language. and <laughs> but I, I like I like how when they did the beginning where he's like uh, he was like you here you you take Peter you lay down for me he was like he was like are you sure he was like he was like he was like wait a second are you gonna go do something he's like no 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 her you you her and, and he was like are you sure he was like okay and then he fantastic lays down not only does he lays down. But he crosses his legs and he goes like this. Go pet him. <laughs> uh, and then you see UGO take his time. He's going to go Slowly down. Slowly goes down, right? And then he goes like this. And then you see Fantasmo go and roll him up. I, I I just thought that was great. But the one the one thing that I want was one of my favorite parts of the matchup uh, that I won't go too much in the match is the fact that when he was outside in the ring, Fantasmo was dazed and confused. And the, and then you hear Kevin Kelly go, "You're going the wrong way." Oh yeah, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. Got to go into the ring, and he's going towards the entrance or the exit, and it's getting to 19, and then all of a sudden he comes back to it, and he jumps in just in time. Like I thought that was funny. Like Fantasma was really great with those funny moments, and and then I liked how he got the finish with the thunder kiss this time. Like usually, mm-hmm. like he'll get a the the finish with. A, any like two or three moves, but I liked how he used it this time to get the the victory here because he hasn't really won by that off the top rope in a while. That's awesome. <laughs> this. The Nero. Th- this was so entertaining, especially with that beginning sequence with uh with uh Udro trying to get <laughs> uh El Fantasmo to lay down. What is uh Kevin Kelly's partner's name? The um other dude on commentary. Oh, what's his name? I forgot uh, his name. Oh, is it? Is was it Chris or Harry? No, not Harry. Um, isn't it something it, Bambino or Gambino? No, but this is not Gambino, it's somebody else. Um, I, I, I think just, it's Will, I think something I, I forgot. Forgot, his I name. just love where uh, what's it called? Where um, Kevin Kelly says, What what a disgusting human being Udro is for wanting to give up Peter for a win, and then uh, whoever the uh, the guy's name is, he, he said. Well, you forget that his first occupation is a pimp. No, this was a this was a really good matchup, and I thought that was really cool. The whole laying down sequence, if you remember in the 2014 G1 climax, you had two other bullet club members, AJ Styles and Carl Anderson, wrestle each other, yeah. and they had a similar situation where AJ was trying to get Carl Anderson to lay down for the pin. So then he goes to do it. Carl Anderson rolls him up, then Carl Anderson like begs AJ to lay down so let him get the pin and then so this reminded me of that especially them being two bullet club members um yeah I mean I love that El Fantasmo gets the victory here 
So, you know, I think that it's good that he's getting points on the board and he's going to be mixing it up with more people in this tournament. But definitely an entertaining way to start off the show. It was. It was definitely entertaining. I'll tell you that. And, of course, oh, man, my match of the night for this one for a night of five that I enjoyed was Jesus, man. These guys went at it. And that is, of course, Sonata versus Tai Chi, of course, mm-hmm. on the B-Block tournament matchup. Really enjoyed this fantastic overall. I mean, these two guys have a lot of mutual respect towards each other. Um, yeah. Obviously, they train together. They, they they both came up together. Uh, there's a history between these two individuals. And the amount of respect that Tai Chi has for Sonata. I still try to go back and find the place where the hell did he fucked up his eye. Because uh, I couldn't really see much of you know, that part of Sonata's, you know, uh, getting the injury from the eye in you know, his yeah. eyeball. I, uh, uh, you mean uh, you mean the, the, that he had, when like he over the bone pretty much? Yeah, right? yeah when, he, when he, he injured it against Will Osprey. Yeah, but he injured it here again with Tai Chi. Well, I was trying to figure. Well, out tai, tai Chi went. Yeah, Tai Chi was atta- attacking it several times with the elbow. He hit it with the elbow oh. a couple of times, oh. and I think he was selling it. And that's what they were selling. The fact that I was going to say, I like the fact that he hit him with the elbow. Then Tai Chi notices that, so then he starts to pull what Jay White and attacks the 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 eye because that's what Jay White was doing yeah. in the matchup on uh, was it night one or two? I forget which one it was. The night one, yeah, because he was he was he knew that he was still hurt there, and then they made a point to say that it was still a lingering issue. And you could tell during the match, but I thought the match was pun intended impeccable because of the beginning where they're flexing each other. <laughs> and and uh, I liked how that they had a lot of close finishes in this matchup. And we had another roll up for a pin with Sonata getting that uh, pin finish that he's been using a lot uh, this year. But I liked the end. I really liked the end where they both get up, uh, well, sit up, and then Sonata goes like this. And then you see like a pause with Tai Chi, and then he goes like this. He goes over, and then he goes like this, and walks away. How they made the point how there's no bad blood between the two. They they get along together. They're just on mm-hmm. different sides. So yeah, shout out Blackheart and OTTR coming back with a new season. Awesome, That's good, awesome. homie. Shout out. Make sure you subscribe nice, nice. to OTTR. But you know, one thing uh, before passing you dinner, I wanted to say very brief on this one. Why the hell did the commentator? Well, Kevin Kelly gets excited because Tai Chi finally took off his damn fucking pants. Like, I'm just like, I don't even notice that. But right, that was sus. I, 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 honestly, I was just like, what? I was like, I, I, I caught that. Too. that? I, I, I was yeah. like, what? Hold on. Wait. First, you were excited about Petra. Uh, and then now with this, I mean, I don't know. Not I guess that's you. okay nowadays, right? Well, it, it is. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 I mean, the one thing that confused me, the one point in the match that confused me was when he had the dragon sleeper on. Oh, he and... didn't get him fully, though, if you notice. Oh, that. is that what it was? Because he had it, and it looked like they were going one, yeah. two, and then before they went to three, he just drops it, and then he goes to do the moonsault. And I'm like, he's not putting his hands up. He looks like he's falling asleep, but then he just drops it out of nowhere. And they, they were like, if he feels like he's going to get out, he'll drop it and go do the moonsault. But then I'm like, wouldn't you make it seem like Tai Chi is getting his hand up 
before you do that because it looked like he was done. They're like, oh, he's going to seat now. And then they went yeah. from, oh, he's going to seat now to him just releasing it. And I got confused at that moment because I'm like, would you make it at least look like Tai Chi's fighting back or getting a little bit of momentum before he drops it? Uh, because then you can make it more realistic, not just out of nowhere. Oh, he's about to pass out, and then two seconds later, oh, let me let go. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree with that. Go ahead, De Niro. Take it away, my brother. I, I think that this matchup was pretty even. I think that they both had really good chemistry with each other, but it was like a very even style matchup. Yeah. I love how they were telling the story also on commentary when um when Tai Chi had the abdominal stretch on uh, Sonata. They were saying that he was ha- he had it in, in a very all Japan style way, which I thought that that was really cool. You know, especially with Sonata coming from all Japan and being trained by uh, Keiji Muto. But um, that was a good story to tell. I think that it's great that Sonata's on the board. What up, yeah. Kenny? How you doing, bro? What's going on, Kenny? Subscribe to the Call Out Podcast. Most definitely. But, uh, yeah, I think that that was a real uh, cool story to tell. And I like that Sonata's on the board because we saw him lose his first match with Jay White. This was pretty <laughs> even. And just like how I said how Shingo, Shingo gave that respect to um, – to, uh, what's Yoshi. Yoshihashi, yeah. He got that – he gave that, like, respect to him that he just edged it out with a roll-up. I got that same feeling in this matchup because Taichi's another guy who's been very underrated, and he could go. And Sonata pulling it out with a roll up and not being able to finish him off convincingly, that just shows that Tai Chi has, you know, more fight in him and he's going to probably go far in this tournament because not even Sonata could yeah. finish him off. Hell yeah. And then another thing that Kevin Kelly made a point to say, he made a point to say that uh, Tai Chi was a big fan of all Japan and not New Japan. And yeah. I came up in that and all that and how it's been great to see what he could do right now in all these matchups and I like maybe this could be the coming out for him just all these uh, appearances and performances that he's putting in because he had a great one against Ishii and he had a great one here he didn't get get the victory but it was another roll up like I said he had a roll up where it's a good match and you don't expect the roll up you expect the finish but then, boom, he, he gets uh, rolled up for the victory, uh, and Sonata wins. But I liked how he used that All Japan you know, to kind of just uh, point out. And, and then the fact that his his his, uh, his uh, trainer, of course, gave him tough love. That that's how he trained him, tough love, yep. so that you can be ready uh, when you grew up. Yeah. Yeah, and and then even though the camera didn't point too much, but you know there was there was obviously pictures of you know Tai Chi, you know comforting mm-hmm. more Sonata like, hey, you're right, you know because of the eye of the orbital bone. Uh, but these individuals have a lot of mutual respect, mm-hmm. and you know you mentioned you know about how you know about Shingo and 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 Yoshi. What I like about it is that these two matches made these four men individuals, yes. yeah, because it really now gives gives. The people and who are new watching these four athletes more to be a more get more intrigued of all of these individuals. Okay, I'm gonna have to pay attention more to these four individuals, which you should. And it puts them over, win or lose, regardless. But they delivered a great storytelling in the ring overall, and that was the most fantastic of this match. Besides, also Shingo and and Yoshi, but this yeah. one was really incredible. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, all it right, so then. We move on to the next matchup here on night 
número 5. And that is, of course, the big Jeff Cobb versus Bad Luck Fale on the A Block Tournament. This was a short match, seven minute, seven minute matchup. Uh, man, it, I was shocked. I was, man, Jeff Cobb is strong, man. That's why he is uh, an Olympic, you know, uh, competitor. And Jesus Christ, this guy literally picked up this almost 400, 500 pounds, man. Take him to the tour of the islands. I was like, Jesus Christ. That was impressive. That Very was impressive. impressive. And then Cobb with the win. I was shocked. I mean, for a moment, I was just, I was like, okay, could this be the, could this be the shocking surprise yeah. winning of falling winning against Jeff Cobb? I would have been shocked that would have happened. Yeah. If Cobb would have especially been, especially after, Cotter, like you just said, especially after he lost to Akata and he would have yeah. dug a huge hole being down 0 to 2. But that uh, Fale got the big start, and that's how they kind of, Portrayed this matchup was he, he got the quick start, it kind of bruised and it was hitting on the back of a uh, Jeff Cobb. That was what he was targeting the back each time. They went outside, went back inside, but then it, you had uh, Cobb who went to kind of counter it. He went to do the first vertical suplex. He couldn't do it, but then as the match went on, he was able to do it. And right after he did it, it was like, oh, let me hulk up. And then he he does it, and then he gets the tour of the islands out of nowhere. He he just gets it because he didn't fully do it. He had to like kind of modify it. That's what it looked like. He had to modify it, and then he got the victory. And you you could see that a lot was taken out of him oh, in yeah. a short p- period of time because of how big of a guy Bad Luck Folly is. But you knew Jeff Cobb had to win this matchup, uh, being down 0-1 because. A lot of people were like, I picked him to win the, the group, and I still feel like it's going to be a bleak uh, future for him after losing to Okada unless something hap- happens to Okada. Yeah, indeed, indeed. De Niro, take it away. I love the story of this matchup because Jeff Cobb, when he's in the ring with you, he's usually not the underdog. And this was a matchup for the first time that I remember where Jeff Cobb was the underdog because he, you had Bad Luck Fale just outsides him, and he was just so much more bigger than him. And you don't usually see that because Jeff Cobb is usually the guy who's much bigger than his opponents. I love the fact that in night one, Okada was the underdog against Cobb, and then Cobb got the role of underdog in his second matchup against Bad Luck Fale. But there's going to be a lot of big guys in that A block because, yo, you got Jonah in there, you have Archer in there. But nonetheless, like, I just love that story of Jeff Cobb having to fight from underneath. And then when he finally hit that uh, tour of the islands, that shit was like Hogan slamming Andre. You know what I mean? Like, he <laughs> finally got it on yes. him. And, yeah, so, like, it was dope how he was able to get that on him because it's not just a power slam. Like you said, Balak Fale is, like, pushing 400, and he has him, and he has to, like, swing him. Like, that is insane, that type of power that Jeff Cobb has. has. And I think that is really cool to see him wrestle an underdog matchup because he shows that he has other sides to him in the ring and he won the matchup. So now he's on the board and I think it's really cool. If uh Balak Fale would have won this matchup, I think that it really would have been the story that Fale has, you know, he's just running through the big men because he beat Archer, but then he beat, he, if he would have beat Cobb, it would have been a big deal because Cobb right now has got a lot of momentum behind him. So I think that, you know, 
going into this, I thought that this was a very interesting matchup, and it was a really good big man matchup. Just really cool to see Jeff Cobb wrestling a different style of matchup than he usually does. Absolutely. And now it's time for the main event for night five, and that is, of course, yeah, that's right, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Tetsuya Naito, and that is on block C of a tournament match. And the biggest shocking in the world that ever happened, it, it, I, when I saw it, I, again, I, I, uh, No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Hey, yo, what the fuck? Damn. That's how I was because <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, this is crucial. Extremely crucial for Oka- for Naito. Mm-hmm. You're now 0-2. This is extremely bad. Now, but just overall, I want to say very quick, this match was a great storytelling. These two individuals are well, of course, they know each other. Way rivals. in the past, they're mm-hmm. rivals, biggest rivals, because this was the battle of who was going to be the next ace at the time. So now, mm-hmm. and then now, see them once again coming back and be and Tanahashi being the one giving him a second loss. This is crucial for now, Naito. His dreams of finally making it to the Wrestle Kingdom are now very, very extremely thin because now he's digging himself a hole. Yeah, he, a big yeah. hole. And he needs to, a tiebreaker in order to he, stay. Uh, stay. He, he and, needs a little. He needs a little help now. He know he big major help. He's gonna need. I mean, it's motherfuckers in the stable. You use your teammates. Come on. shit alone. Like turn heel already. You know what? For honestly, real. I thought he was gonna turn heel. I thought he was for a minute. I, he was gonna beat the living shit out of Tanahashi for a minute. I was waiting for that because when you know the aftermatch. You know, he was speaking, you know, Tanahashi was trying to, you know, give him the respect, but he had none of it. He's like, I don't know if he did tell him, you know, congratulations or whatever, but towards the end, you see when Naito put his cap on, he just, you know, give him a little, all right, see you later. So this could be the end for Naito here in Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, his dreams in Wrestle Kingdom might be the end of it, but he's still hanging on a thin ice, ladies and gentlemen. So, but this match was really great storytelling. Um, this is the fight for the, that Fight for the win. This is a really, really yeah. um not even fight for the fallen. This is fight for the win, ladies and gentlemen. So this is the one that Naito needed to needed this win, but unfortunately yeah. it was short. And surprisingly seeing Naito with a lot of ups, uh submission moves too, seeing from Naito because he was really giving it to Tanahashi. And uh, but you know, Tanahashi and then a Tanahashi for a little bit, we did see the little evil side. Yeah, evil side. Instead of going for his senton right to the knee. Aiming for Naito's knee, and I was like, everybody was like, "Oh, what?" And we're seeing the evil side of Naito. Are you trying to bust the Kishin, uh, you know, Kishin Liger right here? What are you trying to do here, Naito? So be careful on that. But all right, Big Dad, take it away for the main event. I love the the ending of the match. There's a lot of back and forth there. I like to have the finish was the three twist and shouts. Then you thought uh, Naito had it in him. He made one small move, and that's when Hiroshi Tanahashi went to the top, jumped on him, uh, 
and then did it again and, and got the victory. I did like the usage of that uh, submission by Naito. It's been one that he's been using quite a bit lately. It, it was kind of a, like a slow-paced uh, like wrestle match uh, for the first half because it was kind of slow, kind of back and forth. You saw Naito go in, but then when he could hit, you see him go out of the ring to kind of give himself time. He did it several times in the matchup, and I think it was to keep the pace because it was this was a long match. This went over 20 minutes. Uh, I think it actually went close to the 25. I don't have I'll to look at it. Right 22 but minutes. 22. Uh, it, it was the longest match, I think, up until this point. Yeah. And uh, it was the main event, so it, it made sense for it, too. But I think it's, they're just trying to tell a story here. Both guys were 0-1 going in here. Both needed it. And, and we're at a junction where you don't know where they're going to go. I think it's great. It, it was better to have Tanahashi win because I feel like they're going to paint the story that Naito's all bet out, and then maybe he goes on the winning streak because you know the last match that he has is against Zack Sabre Jr., who's two and zero right now. But like I said, he's been taking a lot of damage, and I feel like the way that they're going zero and two, two and zero, it would be great for him to go on a win streak, have Zack Sabre Jr. get a loss somewhere against somebody uh, like Hanare or some, well, no, no, not Hanare, like somebody like that, but not him. Uh, where he just loses a match being too cocky, and then you get to the end, and maybe Zack Sabre Jr. has taken so much damage that it's, it has an effect on him in the match yeah. against Naito, and Naito can pull one out and sneak out of the C block uh, with, with the with first place there by just winning out. Kind of like what Sonata did yeah. uh, two years ago, how he had to go, and then Yo two years ago, in the best of super juniors. Yeah. I have a feeling that they might do that. It's either that or they're just going to have them lose every match. And <laughs> like, it's either like, I, I think it's either, either all in or all out, right? It's right? either all in or all out. There's no in between with them, but like, I like the match. Like, it told the story. And then Tanahashi was able to get in at the end with those, uh, with those uh, transitions. But it was a good main event. It was definitely. The Nero, the floor is yours, mi hermano. Yeah, you know, you had this main event between two old rivals. These are two guys who are like the pillars, two of the I I don't want to say four pillars because that's corny, like that's taken from AEW, but like you know, you have pretty much in my eyes, you have like the four pillars of New Japan right now. And for the last like couple years, it's been Naito, it's been Tanahashi, it's been Okada. Uh before he left, it was uh Shinsuke and that. Uh, conversation as well but the thing is here the story with Naito digging a hole for himself and losing this matchup and making it harder and having his dreams of main eventing slip through his fingers I think that's one thing but I think that adds so much more drama that the guy who put him in that hole was his old rival Tanahashi it wasn't just a loss to anybody else it was a guy who he had bad blood with so I think that that was a great story to add to this too also, the fact that this was yet another victory where it was not done with a finishing move. You had Tanahashi win with the uh, inside cradle for the victory. Yeah. So that, that was another story added to the match as well. But definitely a really good matchup between two old rivals that show that they could still go. One thing I wanted to say, like, you keep it talking about Naito's aggression in his match, like, towards the end. 
especially like that brain buster that he gave on Tanahashi. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus, man. Like, you could, Naito was really desperate of winning this. He had a little bit of uh, frustration. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's what caught, caught the best of him. And unfortunately, that's probably was the flaw. Was so yeah. desperate and then couldn't really get the upset. Yeah, so. it, 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 sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like if you go to night six in the in the prelims, since we're not talking about it, it was it was uh, Lawson Abley's going up against uh, Bullet Club, and he showed a lot of that ferociousness, and it worked out. But then you saw a little bit of the comedy side in the end because Lawson Abley's won that. And at the end, you see Jay White sitting in the chair, and he throws the ice thing. And then you see kind of Naito being a jokester, and he says something to him. He's like, you need this. You need this. He goes over, grabs it, and puts it on Jay White's knee. He's like, heal up, heal up. And you see them kind of go back and forth a little bit. I'm like, are they trying yeah. to subliminally tell us that a matchup between them is going to happen in the future? It might not be in the G1, but it's going to happen because of the – Kind of the play playful banter from Naito. It was just funny seeing him place the the ice thing on Jay Wade's knee, but not attack him because Jay Wade was like, "Whoa, whoa!" But then he just walks away and he goes, "He's like, yeah, yeah," and then he walks off. And it was, it was a great moment. Mm. Nah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. I, I feel like you know the story's going to be like, can he channel that frustration yeah. to win matches, or is it going to get the best of him? Exactly. Yeah, indeed. Now it's time for the final night, ladies and gentlemen. That is night six that we're getting into mm -hmm. here of the G1 Climax. And we're going to begin, of course, with the opening match of the night six. And that is going to be Ray Khan versus Chase Owens. And this is, of course, the block B of the tournament. And, of course, Chase Owens with the upset. Uh, great start for Owens, how, they, you know, aggressively attacking, you know, Great Ocon, not even giving him the chance to take off his damn clothes, for God's sakes. But throwing, throwing, throwing the dust in the, in the eyes. Yeah. Yeah, the Powered in the before eyes. the bell. <laughs> exactly, before the bell. So, I mean, great match overall uh, for Owens, you know, getting that upset. So, I will take it to you, Big Dan. Take it away with this match. Uh, the, the, I like the commentary in this. Uh, once again, another thing that we've talked about a lot, how they're saying how uh, Chase Owens walks out and, and they're talking about him getting that big victory over Tanahashi last year. And he goes, that's right. Uh, tell him. Tell him who. And they go, Tanahashi. And he walks out. They're like, he won it clean. He didn't do any backstabbing. He didn't get any interference. He didn't use any objects. Well, then right away, you see him before they get started, he throws the dust into his eyes, and it's technically before the bell, so you can't you can't use it against him. So he gets the offense going right away. He starts yeah. attacking him halfway through. You see Great Ocon come in. He gets the claw on him, holds him down. He starts to get some moves going. But then uh, you see Chase Owens and knocks him out. And then he does that great move where he jumps out of the ring, and he hits him with the uh, the face to uh, the neck to the the turnbuckle, and then he comes back in right away and hits the finish there and pins him right away. And it was kind of shocking because you're like, 
And one one thing to note, this was Great Ocon's first match. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, there were three guys in the whole G1 who had even had a match going into night six. It was him, it was evil, and it was uh and it was Lawler, Tom Lawler. Yeah. They, they all three were wrestling on this night. Those half the group has wrestled twice already before they even get their first match uh, uh, tonight. But uh, this was a fun match, just back and forth. Uh, you see a little bit of a different uh, side to uh, Chase Owens, where he wants to get that win. And this is actually, I like how they used their match at Washington, D.C. in New Japan Strong. They mentioned it. They were like, oh, the, the Great Ocon wants to get this victory because he lost to Chase Owens in D.C. I like how they've referenced New Japan Strong here uh, to kind of tell the story. Once and, again, showing that New Japan Strong matters is not just his yeah. own thing. Yeah, exactly, it, 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 exa- exactly. And they and they actually mentioned that in other things uh, in, in the G One, like they mentioned uh, when they mentioned the uh, United Empire with the uh, Hernari, and even, even in this, they, they're talking about the how the, the they might go back to the tag titles with FTR, even though our Aussie Open. Is looking really hot right now. They mentioned that in this matchup as well. I like the the referencing of strong. The mention the referencing of FTR. It's like dropping hints of the future, and I and I like and I really like it. But I took this match. Indeed, indeed, the Nero taken away. I like how the first half of this matchup. It- Great Ocon had to the rest. He had to wrestle the matchup blinded because of the powder in the eyes right before the bell, and that's something I never saw before. I thought that was really innovative. So, like, you can't get DQ'd because it happened right before the bell rang, mm-hmm. and you know, like, I think that it was funny how, like Dan said, you had Kevin Kelly talk about how he beat Tanahashi clean, and then right as you talk about like he's winning matches clean last year, you have him throw the powder in the eyes. It's like the exact opposite of what you're trying to like big him up for. So I think that that was a really cool thing, but this was a very. Now I said, Kevin Kelly goes, "Well, what was that for? You were just talking (laughs) about winning clean, and then you go and do that, like just a reaction from Kevin Kelly." I love how Kevin Kelly always like played it off like he's like so surprised by the heels acting heelish. No, oh my god, why would you do that? Like like, that's funny, but uh, definitely an entertaining matchup. Big win for uh, Chase Owens for sure. Oh man. Definitely, definitely. Big win for him. All right, and we get into the second match of night six. That is, of course, two former buddies as well. Kenta versus Evil. Very, very evil. Not Dan Housen evil, but evil his own way. They're talking about funny matchup right here. Oh, man. This is the beginning of this. Jesus. This is the C-block tournament matchup, ladies and gentlemen. <coughs> and, of course, Evil like, oh, hey, come on. Shake my hand. Shake, shake, shake. Come on. Shake my hand. No, no, no. And of course, you know, try to get the STO on, you know, on Kenta, but no, no, wait. And then Kenta, hold on, you know, take out my book and then give him the book. Like, what? It, it, goes, <laughs> it goes under the ring. And then uh, the, the, the other commentator goes, watch him, gonna go grab a book that he has stuck <laughs> under there. And then he grabs it. He's like, whoa, I didn't expect it to be right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just funny. And then seeing, uh, Dick Togo's reactions uh, to like with uh, Kenta, he was like book book. He was like yeah yeah yeah, and then he goes and then he goes. What was that for? Why did you why did you try to hit him with your finish? He was like oh, he was like one one now. 
one one now, and then you see Evil throw the book <laughs> up in the air and hit him, and then they get get the match uh, going. I love the the pace after that. It was a little bit comedic because you you see this from the the Bullet Club guys. They kind of jerk around in the beginning, and then they get going. It was very physical. You, you had Evil throw him into the guardrail, knock the commentator and knock the commentator down as well. And then he gets he strangles him with the the mic and he, he tells him quit 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 and then you hear just like the the moaning of Kenta. They just keep on going, keep on going. It's in the ring to go out of the ring. I love the finish how the lights go out. He, and he, all of a sudden because he's he has the finish and that he has a submission on a Evil, the lights go out, they flicker, flicker, flicker. Then all of a sudden you see Dick Togo disappear. And then you see them in the ring and you see Evil have like a, a submission on him. And then as soon as Kenta starts to get going, he gets thrown out. And Evil gets back in time. Then you see Dick Togo come out, grab his legs, and keeps him from winning. Uh, uh, getting back in. And then Evil wins by... Uh, count out but then uh, they go all back into the ring because shows there too at the end they shake hands shake hands but i thought it was funny that kenta wouldn't shake dick togo's hand he would just shake yeah. everybody else's <laughs> and dick togo's like come on now come on now They're like, come, come on. on come on you know <laughs> i thought that was funny but uh, uh, this match had a little bit of everything in it oh man indeed it did did nero take it away brother I definitely like how, you know, you got two typically very serious wrestlers in Evil and Kenta, and they were able to add a different side of them to this matchup and have those comedic elements because going into this matchup, I didn't expect that. I I thought that in this matchup, we were going to see a clear divide between the Bullet Club and the House of Torture. And I think that in the end, after after Kenta is counted out because Dick Togo is grabbing him under the ring, I thought that it was cool in the end, they all threw up the two suite as well, showing that Yes, the House of Torture is part of the Bullet Club. They have, like, we've been talking about how they should be their own entity, but it's nice to have those reminders again that they are all one unit. Did you hear the comment that Kevin Kelly made talking about that? He was like, he was like, you got the Bullet Club, but then you got the House of Torture. He, he and he says House of Torture is like a subdivision of Bullet Club. Yeah, they don't necessarily go hand in hand together, but when Bullet Club needs stuff to happen. They unite together, but yeah. other than that, they're separate entities. He made the, he made it a, a point to mention that because yeah, I mean that's yeah. how they play it out on their show. It's it's obvious that like they are not all on. I don't want to say all on the same page. It's obvious that they're not all. I guess at the same status of Bullet Club. Yeah. It feels like House of Torture is more of like the Bullet Club reserves, you know, yeah, when yeah, they need they, them to they, come in. They have their own agendas, but when yeah. the Bullet Club as a whole needs to do something, then they kind of like, yeah, they, they form back together uh, at, Definitely. The, at moments. I also think that, you know, especially with Kenta coming off of an injury and then having a very physical matchup with Zack Sabre Jr., I think that Kenta kind of needed this matchup to be a little bit more comedic and to slow down the pace a little bit. So he doesn't, you know, he in his later years, lately he's been very injury prone. So you can't have this guy go balls to the wall every single matchup. So I feel like a match like this was needed just to give Kenta not not a break, but to have him have a lighter matchup. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, ever since, you know, rescued him last year, that you know, that 
oh man, a gruesome match against you know Tanahashi. He you still see that scar on the side? Uh, it, it's still there. I'm just like shit. I'm like, uh, yeah, he needs to kind of slow down. Tranquilo, Kenta. Tranquilo. Kenta's been going a thousand miles per hour for a long, long time. Like. He's been having these matches since the first time I see him in Noah. Uh, so I have, yeah, have a talk with Naito to Tranquillo. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> By the way, I was watching um, Ring of Honor Death Before Design. This is way off topic, and I was watching with my son in the high chair, and uh, what's called Roosh. He said Tranquillo, and my son just started smiling and laughing for some reason. So now every time he's crying, I'm like Tranquillo, and it makes him smile. So thank you, Roosh, and thank you. Ingenables. That's right. Ingenables. <laughs> that's right. Helping me with father, fatherly. Uh, I guess. Exactly. Tips, right. That, that that song got me hyped today when you posted it into the Instagram. Oh yeah, the the night <laughs> yeah. song. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they they they're not governable, but they'll help you out with fatherly tips. So yeah. shout out to them. Absolutely. All right. Then we get into the debut. Uh, filthy Tom Lawler in the mm-hmm. G one versus Lance Archer. No, poor guy. Talk, talk, talk about talk about fan favorite here in Tom Lawler. The crowd <laughs> dug him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man, but uh, I mean, I, I why does Kevin Kelly have to ask Lance Archer? Like you mentioned, the zero off the air. Why would you mention the United submissions? I don't know. What are these submissions? Like, I guess not, right? Well, he proves he made a point. Of course, mm-hmm. we t- Archer with the win with the blackout, but kudos to Lawler, though, for a great debut in the G1. And even your boy, out piece of shit, Alvarez, didn't have no faith in you because he even said it that he has no faith in you at all in this tournament. But I do. We all do here. Lawler, so don't trip. We got your back, man. But who hey, did Brian Alvarez ever beat? Wonderful. Can we please yes, talk about the, the outfit that Royce Isaac was wearing? Oh my god. Can we please talk about that? Because <laughs> uh, that caught me by surprise. It's like he, he filthy the, is out here wilding. Yeah. He has the jumpsuit. He had the backwards hat. He had the glasses. I'm like, he even mm-hmm. has the facial hair. Like he changed his facial hair up, it looked like. Yeah, I'm like, did. yeah, within like a yeah. couple days. Trimmed yeah. 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 He, he trimmed it. I was like, was he trying to be a, a simp of a town war right now? He's trying to be his cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you take it away, then take away this match. I look, I like, I just in the past year, I've grown to love Tom Lawler. Like, I've I've got a chance to see him uh, three times in the past uh, year and a half. Uh, two at uh, New Japan Strong. I got to see him versus Fred Rosser for the title in Philly. That was probably one of my favorite matches of the year. How grueling it was! They went almost thirty minutes in that match. He showcased a lot. And then I just – I saw him right before I went to Forbidden Door. I went to uh, Warrior Wrestling. I saw him wrestle Davey Richards. And that was a great match because it's two submission guys kind of going at it. Yeah, I'm sure they, and, their styles really yeah, meshed well. They, they, they meshed greatly. And then they have him yeah. come into it. I'm like, how is he going to combat against a tall guy like uh, Lance Archer? And that, what he did was he got up close with him. 
He I like he did those kind of not kind of like the judo throws. He, he did that a couple of times. He would lock on. He put the arm bar on. He had a knee bar on at times. He made it a point to kind of systematically attack him. But then he was able to stand up and trade with Archer too, throwing the punches, throwing a little bit of kicks. Like, and he was doing it for the crowd. Like you could tell. Like coming in, he got the crowd clapping. And when it came out, then he did the taking off the Schwartz. He got the crowd going here. He was kind of he's kind of like the guy that you get in there to get the crowd back in, like after a match, like Evil and uh, Kenta. How it kind of like it's a certain way. Then you want to get the crowd hyped back up again, even if it's just for the next match after this one. He got them hyped back up, rejuvenized. He didn't get the victory because he made a small mistake, and that's when. Uh, Lance Archer got him on the top rope and slammed him. But mm-hmm. I thought it was a great opening uh, performance from Tom Lawler, uh, even in a loss. Uh, you say even in a loss, maybe a loss still could be a win for a guy. In this case, I thought it was for him. And then yeah. you knew Lance Archer needed a win after losing by countout to Battle of Fale uh, the match before. Uh, like uh, It kind of worked out for both guys. Mm-hmm. Definitely did. It did. Nero, take it away, my brother. I totally agree with Dan. I mean, a lot of people they they see the the filthy Tom Lawler character coming out with the the denim shorts and then taking off the shorts, <laughs> some more denim, and like doing like this like little dance and get, doing like all this entertaining stuff. But they forget that he's he's legit. Like he's a legit fighter. Fought in the UFC. He's a practitioner of jujitsu and judo. So he's able to like really like dissect body parts. And I like that story here that they were telling with, you know, Lance Archer obviously being a lot bigger than him, but size didn't really matter too much because you had uh, Tom Lawler able to like systematically eliminate the limbs and able to use that submission prowess and his judo. So I think that that was a really cool thing. And he was reminding people that he could really go and he's legit. But um, definitely in the end, I feel like Lance Archer needed this win. Uh, he's coming back to New Japan. New, the fans love to see him there. He loves to be there. Mm-hmm. So I would have hated if he really dug himself into a bigger hole by losing two matches in a row. Um, really good matchup. I think that overall, like both guys looked really good. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, it, and it was only Laura's first match, so it's not like he's digging himself a hole either. Because Man, he has just, time. Yeah, he's just getting started, and he, he has his next matchup in a few days against Jonah, which is going to be a uh, a nice one, and then he's gonna get going. Like, like I'm thinking down the line, I'm like, how are they gonna book uh, Bad Luck Bale against Tom Lawler? How are they gonna do that? Because yeah. like, talk about contrasting styles, yeah. and then and then seeing it down the line, how's it? How are they gonna do Tom Lawler against Okada? That that, that, that that's gets, the one I'm interested for. That's the one yeah. that gets me uh, gets me Ned Flanders going right there. Oh, that matchup. Shit. You asked for it. That's right, Ned Flanagan. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then we get to the main event of Night Six. This is a great storytelling. Two former partners, best mm-hmm. friends, man. Finn Juice, going on, formerly known as Finn Juice, now going at it with each other. And that is, of course, David Finley versus Rock Hard, baby! Juice Robinson mm-hmm. in the D-Block tournament match. 
And wow, this was a hard-hitting, fucking tough match, man. I just all I had to say is kudos to fucking these two, man. They put a fantastic main event. They sold it out for me. Both of them's great storytelling. Obviously, the shocking of the night. Everybody thought Juice. No. David fucking Finley defeated. Finley is legit. And kicked out of fucking Juice Robinson's finisher. And Mm -hmm. I I was just like, what? That's how it was. And then you have to the pin. Let's fucking go. That is right. Because congratulations to Finley for a, a phenomenal upset. That everybody thought that Juice Rock Hard Robinson was going to win. No, you're you're truly Finley. I think we could see this matchup again at Wrestle Kingdom. Honestly, like this matchup was fucking phenomenal. I, yo, I, I I hope they bring him back because I do know that uh, Finley. That the, the one of the reasons why they put him in here is because I don't think he is resigning, mm. and his future's up in the air. Because this was one of his last wishes was to be in the G one, but but to have him win a match like this is like huge for me. Like this was by far up until this point, like I said, versus Shingo and and Yoshi, this was my favorite match uh, up until this point. Uh, even mm-hmm. beating that, this match had everything. It had backstory, it had physicality, it had you like. On your feet, it had like storytelling at its best. Like when you see uh, like Finley ramping up and get very aggressive and kind of like evil, and you hear all you hear from Juice go, "No, no, don't do it. No, I'm sorry." And it's like, and then you hear Finley go, "I don't care. It's too late." And then you see him go after him. I'm like, I like, I got giddy at that point because I'm like, oh. And then they made it on commentary like, oh, this is an aggressive side of Finley that we haven't seen in a while. And mm-hmm. I like how uh, Juice was attacking his his shoulder because they made it a point to say, oh, his shoulder isn't the same. Like he's had surgery on it several times, and when they were a tag team at times because of the shoulder, Juice had to carry the team. But then, but then Juice was in a similar situation where, at times where he was by himself, Finley came back from injury soon, too soon to save him from Archer. And yeah. now they're both buddies, and just like with Jay White, he kind of turned his back on Finley. I just loved every bit of their storytelling from the commentary to what they were show storytelling in the ring. Yeah, in the beginning, it was kind of 50-50. They were going at it. But then you would see Juice kind of take over, get cocky, and then attack the the, the shoulder of uh, Finley. But then at some point, Finley just snapped. That's what basically happened. He snapped, and he just went full-fledged right after Juice, and Juice didn't expect it. And then that's where he had to use evil tactics to try and gain an edge. He thought it was over. He thought he was going to win when he grabbed the belt after a couple of close finishes, but then you see uh, Dave Finley grab the shillelagh and smack it against there at the, the belt, and then you see him hit him in the head. He could have got the victory there, but no. He mm-hmm. wanted to make a statement. He picked him up, and, and then he did his finish and got the victory. I, I, I love right before that how 
Both of them kicked out of each other's finishers. Well, a juice got the foot his foot on the roof, and then Finley kicked out of the pulp friction. I just loved everything after that. And then on top of that, at the end of the match, in the commentary, at, he grabs the belt and he goes, this is mine now. He was like, you might not be champion, but, you know, I got a statement. Juice was the guy that expected the title shot, and he's saying it's my title, but now I'm leaving with it. And if you want, if you want it back, Osprey, you got to come get it. I loved everything about it, and then it yep. makes me look back to look forward because now the next two matches for Finley are Shingo Takagi, and then Royal Osprey, and him and Royal Osprey are going to end the show that night. So, so it gets me, it gets me giddy just thinking about what's going to happen. Yeah, I love it. That's right, I do love it. But yes, De Niro, the floor is yours, my brother. I didn't know about um Finley possibly not resigning with New Japan because after the, seeing this matchup and having two guys who are not typically in New Japan main events main event this show and show that they belong in that main event. First of all, Juice Robinson main eventing his second matchup in the uh, G1 because his last matchup was in the main event as well. And he showed that he could hang, but Finn definitely showing that he could hang in that main event also. So I think that if Finley was able to resign, there's a good possibility that these two guys could be the face yeah. of New Japan because yeah. they are just maybe after know, seeing this, it might change New Japan's minds. I, I would hope so because the chemistry between these guys are unreal. Like the built-in storyline of them being former partners and now just like the bitter hatred, you know. Watching this matchup, I, I'm the wrestling DeLorean. I was literally just watching the matchup from WCW like uh, about like two weeks ago. And it was William Regal versus Fifth Finley. And it was just like brutal as fuck. And seeing this matchup, I see a lot, a lot of his father in him. Yeah, and then yeah. having that chemistry between him and Juice, like it just seemed like it brought me right back to that matchup seeing Fifth Finley and William Regal. From like 97. So I, I definitely would love to see this matchup over and over again. And I think that they could go a long way with this feud. I love to see uh, Finley win because I've been saying it for a couple weeks now. I think that Finley is very legit and he could be a huge star. And this matchup showed that he has it in him. He, do he doesn't just have like the talent. He has that killer instinct and he could turn it up. So yeah. I, I really love that fact that he was able to win this matchup and show that killer instinct. Because that's not a side of Finley that we've seen too much of already. So, you know, I definitely love the way that this match ended. I love the way that it built Finley and Juice as main eventers. And it just showed, like, look, it, it's not like the old days of New Japan where there's only, like, a good, you know, five, six guys who could be in that main event. Right now, they're showing that they have a lot of guys that they could slot into that main event, and they're going to give you a show. So Absolutely. definitely an amazing matchup. And I'm right there with you, Dan. Out of all these nights that we just discussed, this matchup is my favorite. Yeah, I, like, I, I just loved how they had him leave with the belt. I thought that meant a lot because it was like going in with like, okay, Juice is still carrying, walking around with the belt, calling himself uh, the champion. I liked how at the yeah. beginning he was like, once again, you guys don't get it. And he punches the announcer in the gut and he throws him out. He says, get out of here. And he's like, I am the United States champion. And then yeah. have him lose and then have uh, Finley go, well, if you were the champion, then I'd just beat you. But you know what? Osprey, you want the belt? Here. 
come get it. I just like the future of storytelling that he's doing with that because I expected Juice to carry the belt all the way into that last match. Yeah, but now this now now this adds another layer to it. Because I can even I can even see down the line a three way a yeah. three way between Osprey, Juice, and Finley. I think that that would be a show stealer for sure. Yeah. Because look how great of a chemistry you have between Finley and Juice. Now add someone like Will Osprey to the mix. You're talking about and, a potential imagine, match of the year candidate. Imagine if imagine if like Finley doesn't win win this bracket. But imagine if say he gets two wins and that's it, and the two wins are against Juice and Osprey. That's that's a statement. Yeah, that's a statement. But definitely an amazing way to end the show. Yeah. Oh, definitely indeed. And it what a great you know six nights of this. I mean, whoo! Now now it's time to to uh, right now give the updates of who is leading on the block. So it's. Oh man, it, it is, this is an insane. Just, I'm, look, I'm looking at it right now as you guys, you know, I'm listening to you guys at the same time, but yeah. I'm looking at it like, wow, oh, look, I'm going to show it right now. It's a little more interesting and, than last time where we only talked about two yeah. nights. This <laughs> is, though, you know what? The D block is more interesting right now because that's a toss up. So let me go ahead and share my screen and show our viewers here. This is what we have. So in the A block, we do have the leader, of course, of Kata with four points. You yep. know, Toriano with two, Lawler zero, Jonah zero, Cobb with two, Archer with two, Backfale with two. B block, we have Ishi with zero, Tamatanga two, Sonata two, Taiji two, Great Okan zero, Jay White with four leading in, in the block, B, and Chase Owens with two points. C block is when we have, of course, Zach Zombie Jr. leading the C block. Along mm-hmm. with uh, following him, but behind is Tanahashi at two, Goto at two. We have Aaron Hanare at two and Evo at two. Kenta at zero and Tetsuya Naito at zero. Now, the D block is war is the most intriguing one. It's a murderer. Yoshi- it's a murder. Yes. And Yoshihashi, zero points, of course. But everybody else, Finley, Takagi, Osprey, Juice, El Fantasmo, and Yujiro, all with two points. And, and I'll tell you what. Block. I'll tell you what, Yoshihashi, after the performance he gave Shingo, I don't see him being at zero for long. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And that's and that's uh, Juice's next matchup is Yoshihashi. It's going to be interesting. And, and, I, and we're looking at the C block, uh, Naito's next matchup is against uh, Evil. Yeah, it's against Evil. So that's, that's when we was like, okay. Former uh, stablemates, yeah. Yeah. Man. And then it wasn't it uh, Naito who Evil won the title from, right? Yes, it was. Yep. Yes, that's right. That was uh, wrestling. I think it was last year. No, two years two ago. Years ago. Yeah. Two years ago, wrestling yeah. kingdom. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, so yeah, you got Okada leading the way. You got Jay White B C Block Corsac Sombre, which yes, we all kind of picked Sombre to be the leader of that one. Yeah. And the D Block is the one that it's just it's could go anywhere, but absolutely. See, we got to see Yoshihashi back and get get some points. In this tournament, for sure, because man, this is going to be very intriguing. And the one just to show everybody once again, Naito needs to start winning. This is very, very crucial right now. The fact is that where is he? Let's see, where is he? is he on block C? Right? C. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's right so, down look, block C. So he, he can so he, afford. So he has Ivor, and then he has Hernare, and then he has Kenta, and then Zach Seaver Jr. So I could see him 
going like undefeated now because it I think one of the shocking things of the tournament is Kenta is 0-2 right now. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, on, on top of Naito, they're both 0-2. I could see when Evil only have wrestled once, I could see Naito kind of skating by that with the win. And then you got those two facing each other. And then you got Hanare, who's going to put a good match in. But I feel like he's going to lose to Naito because Naito would need more. And then it could be a scenario where Kenta and him face each other. And I think that would be a big time matchup. I think Naito gets that one, skates by that. And to me, it's going to lead down to Zack Sabre Jr. and Naito. And just like I said before, I think. All this early damage that uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is taking now, I think it's going to play a factor into that match. Don't catch up. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. You're right. I think you got a valid point there then. But, man, this is, this is so intense. Really, really intense. Now, I mean, let's talk about it. So now, obviously, in the, coming up within the next few hours, 24 hours, ladies and gentlemen, you will have night number seven coming up. Uh, for the G1, which I'll show the card very briefly for the tournament only. I'm going to show the tournament card as we do have Will Osprey versus Yujiro, Goto versus Hanari, which I think that's going to be a show, a show, yeah. show mm-hmm. student matchup for oh, sure. Yeah. And, you know, Ishii Tamatanga, I'm very intrigued to see how that's going to end up being. And Yano and Bad Luck Fale, uh, this is going to be very interesting to see who's going to take that win uh, because they both need it, honestly. But the one I think that's really going to intrigue me is Goto and Hanari. I think that's going to be the uh, the night, the fight of the night for night number seven. I, I like agree. how I like how Ishii and Tamatanga are main event in it. I didn't expect them to do that, but I like this is going to be Ishii's second main event, and then this is going to be Tamatanga's first one. I feel like that the, this is them. Uh, trying to get Tamatanga over a little bit more. I, I'm predicting that he's going to win this one, and you might see him say something uh, to Jay White, like he'll because he'll be two and zero if he wins, and then it'll be toe and toe with them at four points, both having uh, two. I could see both of them going undefeated into that ma- last matchup. I really could see that. Mm. And I, it's it's either that or I could see. Uh, like Tamatanga losing uh, a matchup somehow, but then gaining it back against Jay White and getting the tiebreaker on him. I won't be surprised if he loses to Ishii. I think Ishii will sneak up with his win. If he, I, if he, if he were, if he were to lose one, I, I, I would agree with you. Yeah, I think, I think gonna, it would be interesting. So. I think it would be interesting if uh, Tamatanga beats Ishii, but in a quicker time than. Uh, Jay White beat Ishii. So in the post-conference, yeah. Tamatanga could say, you know, you main evented against Ishii just like I just main evented against Ishii, but it took you 15 minutes. It took me 10. Because, you know I, I, mean? like, because I look at it, I just don't see who, other than Tamatanga, I don't see who they would have Jay White lose to that he hasn't already faced because he already beat Sonata. He already beat Ishii. He got Tamatanga at the end. Like, could he? Could they have him lose to Chase Owens in like a funny fashion? You never know. Like, because those Bull Club matches are always iffy. You never know who's gonna. Yeah. Like, I look. I look at it. I'm like, who is he gonna lose to? Like, I don't see him losing to Taichi. Uh, Like, I think I see it being a great match, but I don't see him losing to him. 
So it comes down to me. It comes down to Jay White losing to Chase Owens or to Tamatanga or both. Like it all depends. Unless he just goes undefeated. <laughs> that, that, that that too. That too. And we got a course. Uh, we have night number eight, which will be on Saturday, July thirtieth. Yeah. Of course, this card is stacked. It, it's this, yes. Finley versus Shingo. You got you got Ooh. that open in it. How, how do you yes. have Finley and Shingo open it? That that just that's fine with me. I think yeah. that's gonna great opening match. I'm Jonah really intrigued with Jonah and Tom. Yes, me too. Me too. I'm with you. This is gonna it, be fantastic. New Japan strong. New New Japan strong uh, showing out right there. Two of the sure. leaders. You got the T TMDK leader versus the of course the fil- filthy team filthy. Yeah. Team filthy the leaders, and of course, Sonata versus Great Okan, and it was the Tanahashi versus Zack Zombie Jr. in the main event for night eight, and then you have night number nine, which you have here, Lance Archer versus Jeff Cobb. That's going to be an interesting one there. Yeah. Yoshihashi yeah. versus Juice Robertson. Ooh. Jay White versus Chase Owens. Okada versus Battle of Fale. And, of course, this is a desperate win for Naito. He needs to win this one. If not, he's done. He's yeah. out. He is done with the tournament. He's out of the tournament versus yep. Evil here. So First, this first is, night of the tournament with five matches. Yeah, I was about to say, this is where they ramp it up to five matches. Uh, and yeah. then they do a little bit less of the, the three-on-three or two-on-twos. Yep. Yes. So by far, I only have seven, eight, and nine, ten has not been updated yet on the website. So which I'm looking for, but so far I can read it to you guys. What is the one for the Tuesday, August second for night ten, and that is of course night ten would be uh, right here. So I have Tomohara Ishii versus Great Okan, hmm. Toriyano versus Tom Lawler, <coughs> Tomatonga versus Sonata. Goto versus Kenta, and the main event for that is Finley versus Wasprey closing it out. Yep. So that's mm-hmm. going to be very intriguing to see. I can see and, Tom Lawler and Yano being a real, real funny comedic matchup. Yeah. Oh man, definitely. This is going to be. Oh man, this this is stacked, man. This is really, 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 really stacked. I mean, Jesus, what can we say? I mean, so far, what do you guys think so far? Right now, right now, we, we know three to six so far. Right now. Are you guys are really, 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 really like oh my, so excited? I'm, I'm, I'm invested. I'm invested right now with some of the storylines and oh, like I said, the whole Jay White Tamatanga thing, the whole Naito starting off cold. Uh, now we have David Finley coming in here and just messing things up, uh, like being a player and now having the U.S. title in his hands. Like I want to, like I want to see him walk out against Shingo with it. I want to see Finley win that, just so I can see him walk into the Osprey match with the with the title and be like, "Are oh, you missing something? You missing something? I have it. Come and beat me and take it back." Like, like I, I see this a lot of storylines that I'm liking. What do you think? Yeah, so I agree. I I definitely agree. I mean, so far this is living up to the hype. I, every night. That we've watched i i just am falling more and more in love with this tournament because this is the first year where you know they always had like storylines and sub stories within the tournament but this is the first year where it's prevalent in every single block there's a story going on in every block 
I love that Naito is, you know, letting his chances slip through his fingers and we're building up for a Naito comeback. I love the fact that, you know, we have the whole story with uh, Finley holding the title. I, I love the fact that um, we have Zack Sabre Jr. winning, but it's taking a lot of damage in matches. It's just there's so much going on that you forget that this is actually a tournament. These nights hold up on its own as just events. Say that these are just New Japan events and they were not in tournament form. And this these nights hold up on its own as just great events. So yes, none of these nights are throwaway nights. None of, none of these nights are, you know what, we're going to take it a little easy tonight. This is balls to the wall action, and they're just going all out on every night. So definitely it's living up to the hype, and I just can't wait. I'm still very intrigued. It's going to this day. To this day. At this point, I don't think that they could do anything to lose me in this. Like, I'm just 100% invested. This is such good shit. It is good shit. I, I, I'm a bit, yeah, I'm extremely invested. And just looking at the scorecard, it's just, uh, it's telling great, it's really telling story, like uh, stories into this, it's great storytelling. And I think with these directions, we can actually anticipate what could be the future booking for Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, mm -hmm. we can go ahead and predict, which we have done, predict who we think we're going to win, who will make it, who, you know, in each block. However, though, as the story as story is developing during the pre-shows and in the tournament matches, we're seeing backstage post post conferences. We're seeing some, you know, you know, teasing future potential storylines. So for upcoming for Wrestle Kingdom coming up, you know, for next year. So yeah. I'm truly invested. It's, it's like you can't miss anything because if you miss something, you might be confused later on like yeah. you you want to catch the beginning uh, uh the the matches and then the post yeah, the post match uh like interview you don't want to miss anything because everything always everything's it, connected yeah it's all connected and everything has a reason to it indeed absolutely man indeed so there you have it ladies and gentlemen man we just covered 16 matches today. <laughs> I, was, I was just yep, going to say. Marathon. It took, right us marathon. Say, it took us the same amount of time to cover 16 matches that it did just two days last week. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. it, it, because it was, we covered the pre-matches. But yeah. overall, we were really, it really, you know, we're invested. We're, st we're excited. We're stoked yeah. that this tournament is back on. And I just can't wait for September to see the crowd. Finally, I just want to. I just can't wait. I, I can't wait to see. I'm so, so excited. I'm just really anticipating how to see how the Japanese crowd is going to be reacting once they're they're able to cheer and boo and say whatever the fuck they want. So yeah. I'm really really happy for them. And I love the I love how like me and uh, Janira mentioned it. I love how the mentioning New Japan strong and how uh, yeah. it it's shown the importance of it. Like. They're building up New Japan strong, and uh, they made it a point to mention in their quarterly meeting that New Japan strong went from seven percent to a fourteen percent increase, and how they want to add the women to it. They wanted to make it a big show here. Like, I, it's just a building, and they've added so many, so much more talent to it. How they're Right now, Hiromu and El Desperado and even Bushi 
were at the strong teepins in North Carolina. North Carolina! Exactly. (laughs) And I like how they keep sending them over. And then now they have Jonah and Tom Lar over here Mm -hmm. uh, in Japan. I I love it. I love how they're doing the back and forth and how they're creating another brand. Like, if there was one thing that uh, uh, the pandemic did do good for wrestling, it's the creation of New Japan Strong. Because the only reason they did it was to give the U.S. talent in Japan the, the, the action to be able to wrestle. So yeah. they did it at the dojo, and it got so popular that they had to change the name because I forget what the name was at first. It wasn't New Japan Strong. It was New. Oh, it, was something uh, it was something else. And it got so popular, they changed the name and made it a, like a, a weekly thing that they then, when everything opened up, they were like, hey, we can do something with this. We can travel and go to different cities. And now it's a monthly thing where it's kind of like reminding me of Impact, how they're doing the monthly tape-ins and they're kind of doing it in different cities now. And I, I love it. And I can't wait to see it grow and to the, kind of be a thing where you can, you can see a lot of the back and forth now between Japan and U.S. And New Japan. New Japan wanted this for so long, too, because yeah. they've been wanting a presence in the United States for a long time. They would have those, like, Access TV super cards. But now, like, here having a weekly show in the United States and it being, you know, significant and have meaning towards the New Japan in Japan, I think that that's exactly what they've build, been building up for for many years. So it's really nice to and, see. And right now it's perfect because they're doing it, like, on, the, on New Japan World. I'm waiting for it to transition to where they actually put it on a network like and once yeah. it gets big enough to do it like they're doing it the right way they're slowly building it up slowly to where when it's big enough they can put it on the network and it will gain traction well i could yeah. tell you what we already see new japan content on yeah. uh access, access tv yeah. so i could definitely see access tv picking up new japan strong yeah. for sure having I mean, it like on a block like a thursday night block with uh impact kind of like yeah. they have now with the new japan show after impact i would love that yeah and I mean, not to mention Roku as well. I mean, they have New Japan now on Roku yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. But the one thing is, but, but here's the flaw about the access, though. The unfortunate is that not a lot of people have the capability because, uh, I mean, being realistic here, we're living on you know inflation right now, so it makes yeah. it kind of difficult to get damn freaking access to TV. So yeah. uh, I mean, I'm just talking realistic. <laughs> but I mean, it's other than that, facts. I mean, other you know other than that, I mean. There's other opportunities to how they can, you know, watch it. Uh, I know that New Japan Strong try to be more persuaded towards the YouTube channel, but I know that that's not what you want to go ahead and you know aim for to attract the audiences. You want like how you know Dan and how you guys both mentioned an uh, actual television platform that you're able to. I wish that channel that's 13, where the money is. Yeah, channel 13 back in you know when it was KCOP could have picked it up here in Los Angeles or anywhere because mind you that it's basically here in that like dojo. So, I mean, that, that could go towards that direction. Or, you know, Fox. Fox have the money to go ahead and pick it, but I know they have WWE. Or it could be CBS, NBC. Yeah. Any local television network has the opportunity to get this brand, this product in their in their network locally. I, and, I, and I feel that it, it, could, it could really attract. It could. 
or let's put yeah. it on I, I could see something like I, I, one network I could see, like for some reason I could see doing that is one like Paramount because mm. they, they, they have access to Spike and yeah. like MTV right. and whatnot. I could, I could see Paramount uh, put, using it on their streaming service. Yeah. Yeah. No, I most definitely. Too. I, I could also see it going the route of like where Ring of Honor was on syndicated television with Sinclair Broadcasting, yes. where you get on like the stadium network and some of like these free networks. I could see them going that route as well because I think that unfortunately, I don't know if a major cable network would take the gamble on a Japanese product. And that's like no disrespect, but I think that unfortunately they would feel like they would want, especially major cable networks in America. The way it works here is they want your WWE style product. And when you see that it's nothing like the WWE and it's more like catered towards like hardcore wrestling fans, it might turn them off because right now you, you can't expect like major networks to be wrestling fans. They just know, all right, wrestling. Oh, that's what WWE is. That means major money deals. That means major distribution and sponsorships. So when you got a product like New Japan Strong, not getting the sponsorship deals that a WWE will, it might turn a lot of major networks off. That's why I could see it possibly picked up on a Pluto TV, um, picked up on a Tubi. I know Tubi now has live TV. I think, I think a Dark Horse would be Discovery Plus because if you look at it over in like uh, Europe and Asia, they use Discovery Plus for UFC. That's how they get access to, to UFC. I, I could see them do something Forgot like that because that. who did Discovery Plus just partner with? And Warner. it's going through the process. Warner, Warner and HBO. And then who else is on there? AEW and Ring of Honor who have a partnership with New Japan with Tao yeah. going back and forth. So I could see something like that as well. Whereas you would put it primarily on that Dis Discovery Plus and it could be a way to get people to uh, buy it. So you you have like ninety day fiance, and then right under yeah. it you have uh, <laughs> New Japan Strong, <laughs> and then and then under that you got Shark Week. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But yes, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Thank you so much here for tuning in here on the New Japan Show. Uh, this is week two that we covered from six through ten. We'll be back next week for next Tuesday as we will be covering. Seven through ten. That is right, because starting within the next 24 hours, there will be night seven. And then, of course, you have Friday night eight, Saturday, you know, night number nine, and Tuesday will be number ten. And night seven is tonight, right? That, yes. It's on yes, in a couple like, hours, yeah. yeah it will be hours. on in a couple hours so for you guys, because <laughs> it won't be on until 5.30 in the morning. Yeah, you, you could take a nap and you could, you know, uh, oh, get, yeah, get some yeah. good rest in. <laughs> uh, yeah. I gotta work tomorrow. I'll see when I come back from work. I'll see it right <laughs> after. But man, yes, I'm very excited. To, you know, I'm loving this the fact that we will continue this. And of course, the people demand it, and we're giving it to you, ladies and gentlemen, because this is staying here and every Tuesday on for the here on the COD channel. We'll be covering New Japan. Any updates or any New Japan strong. We'll be here covering right here with my two other hosts here. Of course, me and me, familia, of course, Mike De Niro and Big Dan, because that's what we love. We need Japan. And we're giving everybody the callus, of course, the knowledge of you guys to know 
more about New Japan, to get more intrigued, to get more invested, because mm-hmm. that's what West, we love professional wrestling. And if you and, guys and have not paid attention. And it's working too, you know, like I said before, shout out to Clark Street saying that they are learning a lot about the G1 Climax yeah. from this show. So definitely, I feel like, you know, we're accomplishing our goal of, you know, giving the people the knowledge of what's going on in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are. So that's right, as gentlemen. Don't forget, of course, to subscribe to all of our channels in the description right below. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, coming to you next month as well, coming soon, which we'll announce the date on Circle Debate. The Wrestling DeLorean podcast is coming to the COD channel. So you'll be yep. seeing the Nero Monday nights or Wednesdays afternoons or Friday afternoons. You'll be seeing him, of course. Or Sunday Nero. morning. No, I'm just or Sunday morning. If he wants to say Back in time. No. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, he Liz. He Liz was good. Hey, he Liz. Uh, I'll, play, I'll play your intro. Your, let me see if I can find your intro. So where is your intro? I just had it here. Where the hell? Uh, here we go. There. I am La Mera Mera. That's right. La Mera Mera podcasting. Follow Liz all over on her social media platforms, on her YouTube channel. Of course, she does incredible blogs. And, of course, she is the co-host for ATW Podcast mm-hmm. and also for Lucha Libre Online. Make sure you follow yes. Liz. Big but, matchup but, tonight against me, you. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. I, I see that. And oh, I just man. want to what's called say something real quick to like the fans. I, I mentioned on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, we will be going live very soon here on the Circle Debate. And I mentioned to the fans that it's not going to be any different. The way I run this, the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, that's exactly what you're going to see. But you will see my face right there on it, too. So for everyone saying, oh, are you going to change up the whole? No, we ain't changing shit. We're going to do it exactly the same way that I do the audio podcast. We're going to have it here on the Circle Debate YouTube. So definitely excited for that. I'm I'm excited for that just to see you on video and uh, to be able to watch it because I I'm more of a person where I like to watch it rather than listen to it. Yeah, and it'll be cool to see it, like a new way of instead of recording it in audio, you're going to be doing it video this time. And you yeah, can man, actually, I appreciate it, that. Yeah, you can actually add a little bit more to it that way. Yeah, I know people have been asking for it for a long time. They're like, you got to go live so we can interact with yeah. the show while you're doing it and. I'm, I'm excited to finally do it. So, yeah, definitely. I appreciate that. Let's fucking go. Oh, son of a bitch. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. Because, man, because, you know, obviously the, the rest of the DeLorean is going to be. The following program is rated TV MAL. That's what oh, it's going to yeah. be. If you don't know the rest of the DeLorean, you got, you're going to learn. I don't give a fuck. My goal is to talk <laughs> shit. That's it. My goal is to get on there and talk as much shit as possible. So they're they going to learn. Hell yeah. That's right. <laughs> they're going to learn. They're going to learn, Craig, because they're going <laughs> to learn because right here on the COD, all the rest of the DeLorean and Cage My Q, as we all give you guys, <laughs> even us, ladies and gentlemen, right here. We're on top of the world because we are, because we provide you the greatest shit here of all time of New Japan show. And because we are the world, Craig. Shit, not just the city, the world. Right. <laughs> that is right. We are. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back again next week. Like I said, next Tuesday we'll be back to show you. We'll be back for, for night eight, night nine. 
and night 10. So make sure to tune in and watch this incredible over the next 24 hours as Dan and De Niro will be watching that at 2.30. I'm, Jesus, I'm not going to be up. I'm going to be asleep. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, you're going to have on that Friday, you will have – oh, Saturday, excuse me. You're going to have night number nine, number eight, excuse me. And then, of course, on Sunday, you're going to have night number nine. So this is going to be a stack of card. Make sure you watch it because you want to keep up with the score points. The scoreboard is up right now, so I, woo, I'm ready. I'm ready. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the host of DB's One I Can See, and of course, as Dinero of all Dineros, Mike Nero, and of course, the Mister IQ of professional wrestling and MMA, especially Mister IQ of podcasting. Dan, baby, same to you guys. We. Don't just make your podcast. And even he'll listen. You're watching. You don't make podcasts either. Nope. The rest of the, the League of Extraordinary Podcasts doesn't just make rest, just podcasting. They make history. Over. Will. Over and over. Make. Over and over. History. Over and over and over and over.